0: Welcome to The Anime Backlog, a podcast featuring three weebs forcing each other to finally watch each other's anime recommendations. A note that episodes will contain spoilers about that week's featured anime and will have explicit language. You can follow the show for updates on Twitter at TheAnimeBacklog. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, or helpfully, welcome back to the Anime Backlog, or that time we forgot to watch a show, so we started a podcast, episode 11, on the best day of the week, Wednesday. My name is Dan, and I will be today's host of Melancholy and Misery, as always, joined (laughs) by my two co-hosts, Nick Sparks and Marcus Rothenberg. Hey, hey.
1: I'm already writing a letter to my therapist. (laughs)
0: Yes, uh, I, I imagine Marcus has an idea of what I'll be assigning today. Uh, spoilers, but uh, Nick, any, any thoughts? We'd-
1: I've got nothing, and <laughs> I, I don't know why Marcus would have a hint, and I wouldn't, so I'm, I'm at a loss.
0: Oh, I checked in about a show that Marcus potentially watched some of, and I just kind of, it was just one of those. Ah, uh,
1: so this was a three or a four on yeah. the big sheet.
0: But it was just one episode, so I'll take it. So, (laughs) Yeah, literally I watched the first episode, and that was it. Uh, So I'll be assigning uh, one of my favorites that nearly makes it to my uh, top five uh, all-time shows. It's Manglobe's 2006 masterpiece, Ergo Proxy, uh, directed by Shuko Murase and written by Daisato. 7.9 on Mal. I'm sorry, that came out in 06? Why did I think that was so much newer? 2006, because it was cool as shit. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, but, I mean, it being cool doesn't affect when it
0: comes no. out. <laughs> I just thought it was much newer than that. But it's art style lends to more of a timeless feel. Like, it didn't feel as old as okay, others, I'd say.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I assume we're not watching all 23 episodes. No,
0: that would be too Buckle up, much. motherfuckers! <laughs> uh, but, you know, this show, back in... Like, I watched it as it came out. So I feel it was very uh, formative for me in my... In, 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 where, in my journey and my current taste in anime. You know, prior to this show, I really just stuck with the big three and other, like, ultra-popular shows. I just consumed what was big at the time. But this was kind of my first foray into something weird and... You know, right, right after this, I watched Serial Experiments, Lane, and, you know, that kind of weirdness. Uh, but the, uh, the okay. mal synopsis, uh, they do a pretty good job with it. So, w- within the domed city of Romdo lies one of the last human civilizations on Earth. Thousands of years ago, a global ecological catastrophe doomed the planet. Now, life outside these domes is virtually impossible. Uh, and to expedite mankind's recovery, Otto Reeves or humanoid like robots have been created to assist people in their day-to-day lives however auto reeves have become have begun contracting an uh, enigmatic disease called the cogito virus or cogito it should be but whatever uh, which grants them self-awareness <laughs> riel mayer the granddaughter of Romdo's ruler is assigned to investigate this phenomenon alongside her auto reeve partner iggy but what begins as a routine investigation quickly spirals into a conspiracy Riel is confronted by humanity's darkest sins. Uh, Elsewhere in Romdo, an auto-reef specialist by the name of Vincent Law must also face his demons when surreal events begin occurring around him. Riel, Iggy, Vincent, and a a child auto-reef named Pino will form an unlikely faction as they struggle to uncover Romdo's mysteries and discover the true purpose of the mythological beings called proxies. Okay. And, uh... So, kind of like my take on it, so this show is a cyberpunk, post-apocalyptic dystopia, and psychological thriller. Uh, the the colors are super muted, the themes are heavy, the pacing is uh, deliberate at times, you could say. <laughs> uh, is that a good thing or a uh, bad thing? Yes, and <laughs> the, the vibes are film noir with a lot of surrealism. Um, okay. At times, it's heavy-handed with the philosophy uh, exploration that it does. Uh, it could even say it's eccentric or bombastic. But for me, it felt appropriate for the show. And they kind of set it up like it didn't just come out of nowhere. It's, it's, a, it's a recurring theme. Um, but I really wanted to do this right after Vivi uh, due to a lot of the similarities in themes and the contrast in those themes in their, and, and how they approached them. Uh, this shows a lot of the exploration of humanity that I talk about so often that I enjoy. Uh, this also, this through line of this mission that is touched on that parallels Vibby in such a really neat way and how other characters explore it. Um, a lot of the story is done in a less than direct way and <laughs> involves a lot of room for viewers to linger on and interpret on their own, uh, so and the show even supports this by having these moments of quiet reflection to give you that kind of space, like some weird shit will happen and then there will just be like a panning shot of them wandering around or the music will just kind of lull and here's a building. And, uh, OK, I would recommend to take your time with the show uh, as the episodes can be kind of dense and they have, you have to think sometimes because uh, they don't really tell you up front. So the storyteller really, storytelling really requires your attention And honestly, this is probably the main fault with the show. Is that it requires your attention? That it requires you to pay attention. Uh, You know, some shows you can just sit there and like mindlessly absorb as you go. And you'll get 98% of the intended effect of the show. Mm -hmm. This one, you might feel like you will feel necessary to pause even and be like, okay, hold on what just happened and it it like i said it's kind of the main gripe is uh it doesn't have like a it doesn't have an ultra linear story they don't you know some shows are like uh they tell you and they just sit there with exposition just 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 oodles of exposition and they just talk at you for a while this one is a definitely show don't tell type of show okay so it's refreshing in that way but it can come off as like unnecessarily highbrow and uh, 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 full of itself. Okay. Well, I mean, if it, I think if it approaches that in a good way,
2: it's not going to come across as like up its own ass. You know what I mean? I think it does. Also, I'm not going to lie, though. When you said domed cities and life outside the domes is virtually impossible. I had like PTSD flashbacks to watching number six. (laughs) And how much that show fucking pissed me off. So
0: it's just like, oh, God, no.
2: <laughs> it's happening again.
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I love the show. I think it's a masterpiece. Eh, but it's... That's, that's a heavy it, word. It, masterpiece? I, I say it with conviction.
2: Okay, but here's the thing. You also just said it comes close to cracking your top five. Mm-hmm. So it... It's a masterpiece but
0: doesn't crack top 5. I mean, my other top 5s are Evangelion, Attack on Titan, Maiden Abyss, Hunter Hunter. That w- Can I not count. That was 4,
2: right? I think that yeah, was yeah. 4. Yeah, oh, yeah. A- 86 four.
0: is number 5 and then Ergo, okay. Ergo okay. Proxy is number 6. <laughs> so,
2: you, you didn't say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry, like sorry. <laughs> but
0: it's it doesn't crack my top 5 because the other ones are generally more approachable. This one is less so. And okay. so it, it does knock it down that that kind of notch and then the back third of the show is a little disjointed it's really creative and fascinating in what they explore mm-hmm. but it just kind of bounces around a little bit and you know I think they're just sniffing their own farts for a little bit too long <laughs> uh, okay. it's still like I said a masterpiece for what they did do but it is not like wildly palatable for I think for, for most of the the viewers
1: all right i am a little concerned that you said it's less approachable than 86 which is <laughs> yeah. already a heavy heavy ass show so ooh.
2: Um, I was like watching nick's face drop a little bit for, for
0: diff- very different reasons and i think because as i was watching vivi i was just thinking Man, this is really interesting, and I just paralleled it with Ergo Proxy on like the stuff that they explore, just the the solid sci-fi tropes. But they did it very mm-hmm. differently in Vivi than uh, Ergo uh, Proxy. So for Ergo, is it like
2: just the tropes done well, or do they do do they kind of like try and reinvent the wheel? I feel the like they
0: here? tried to do more with it and reinventing the okay. wheel. Another interesting trope where uh, I, did, I, I was, like, reading some content about it just to kind of refresh myself, was this other reviewer compared one of the tropes to uh, Trigun and this concept of create, created versus creator. And having okay. this idea of this uh, person who's got a mission that and then they resist it. Because their creator, you know, gained okay. it that way. And then they try to find mm-hmm. meaning outside of it. So there's that parallel, which I thought was very interesting, but was appropriate.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I feel like that's always going to be kind of a trope whenever you have something that was li- like a sentient robot or AI or something mm-hmm. like that with
0: programming and trying to operate outside of that programming. Uh the intro for the show was really interesting, uh, and for its time, it felt like it really encapsulated how the show took its experimental approach to its storytelling and you know the content that it covers. Uh, and then the outro was my first real introduction to Radiohead and because they managed to get uh, paranoid Android for the outro, which is perfect. <laughs> okay.
2: And I'm trying to think of any other animes that I know of that have like... A just straight up like American
0: song for an intro or
2: album. Yeah, no,
1: they're, especially a pretty popular. Yeah, it one. was a popular
0: yeah. Western band for sure. That that doesn't really happen. Interesting. And um, so that kind of just covers the whole synopsis. My thoughts on it. Uh, I originally watched it in the dub, so I'd leave it to you guys if you wanted to do sub or dub. So my rose-colored gla- glasses are dub, and I think a lot of the concepts might come over a little bit better in our native language. Well, for you guys, at least. Instead of trying to, like, interpret a meaning and interpret translation.
1: So speaking of rose color glasses, when did you last watch this?
0: <laughs> I last watched this about two years ago. I think I've watched it about okay. four times. Right. Okay. Uh, and... I've, let's see, the shows that I've rewatched the most are like Hunter, Hunter, Evangelion, and this.
1: Okay. And, and then the follow-up question, in the real meat of the question, what is the assignment for oh, right. episodes? We haven't yeah, gotten that. The,
0: assigned, the assignment will be nine <laughs> episodes. So, Okay. it It does an arc plus a bit. So I was considering just doing seven, which kind of wrapped up a full arc of the story. But the pacing uh-huh. through that arc, while the content was really good, the pacing kind of drug a bit. So, eight and nine are a bit more of the candy fun bits that'll hook you for potentially more. So, that's why I, I did that. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Any idea where we can find this? I haven't
3: it's looked.
1: It's on
0: it the
2: Crunchy It's on Crunchy. It's on Crunchy? Okay.
1: And I've confirmed it's there, not something lying
3: to me. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
0: I love this show. I am concerned about the pacing. It may be rough for, uh, I think it may be slightly more off-putting for Marcus than Nick, but really what makes you say that the like quiet contemplative moments happen a lot more than you would probably expect. <laughs> and, okay, uh, but the content and the questions that the show evokes and, you know, thoughts and, and feelings, uh, are just really fascinating and 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 I love it for that.
2: Looks like this is also kind of that time when uh when critical role voice actors were eating good cuz Vincent Law is Liam O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Iggy is Travis
0: Willingham. Yeah.
3: Oh jeez. Yeah, the
0: dub has has some heavy hitters. <laughs> it it's got a lot. I mean, yeah, it's it's got some
2: a lot in here like Patrick Seitz Kirsten Potter,
0: like, yeah, there's Troy Baker's in it, yep, yeah, yeah, it's the the dub's good. The dub is good, and I, i've I've uh, I watched it again in the subtitled. uh, Iggy mm-hmm. is the only character that didn't pan out, where his English dub, I thought was much better, but uh, it kind of harkens back to Japan's approach to LGBTQ uh community. Because that robot mm. was supposed to be very eccentric and flamboyant. And the Japanese VA felt very
3: condescending, <laughs> okay. is a way to say it. Um, and the
0: English dub was, it felt like it hit the nail on the head on the approach to having like an eccentric, flamboyant character. Outwardly, at least. Okay. But yeah, the Japanese one was like cartoonish, like, blackface, kind of bad. Like, oh. uh, Yeah, where they're just, like, doing a, a caricature
2: instead of a character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, yeah, but nine episodes. I'm I'm excited, especially following on the... If Vivi made you want to assign this, I'm excited for it, because Vivi is is
0: fucking up there for me, so. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. There won't be the time travel type timey-wimey shenanigans, but it'll have the human exploration and robots and stuff like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: the classic Detroit become human. Got it. More like Detroit become boring. Sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was dry. And I loves, I, I love me some dry sci-fi here. C- case in point. <laughs> here we are. But man, yeah. that was kind of dry. Yeah. All right, cool. Do you guys have okay. any other questions about the show or anything like that?
1: No, I'm ready to dive right in.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm ready to cool. go for it myself. Well, I think that kind of wraps up the show. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll catch everyone else. You know, I'll see you guys well, in not, a week. Well, not wraps up the or, show. Whoa, whoa. Our episode <laughs> show is still going.
1: Wraps, wraps up the, the preview. Wrap, wrap it up the, the,
0: the first part, <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, Please keep listening. We'll see you in, in like 15, 20 seconds or so. See ya.
1: Catch you on the other side.
0: Bye. all right and we are back time travelers dan marcus and nick in the future actually a few (laughs) seconds for you guys but here we are part two episode 11 uh, ergo proxy
2: what did you guys see of
0: Ergo?
1: (laughs) what did you guys
0: think nick
2: go first
1: Dan, (laughs) I don't think you should have assigned this one immediately after Vivi because I came away liking Vivi even more (laughs) and seeing a lot of weaknesses in this one. Some of them due to age uh, when it was made, but even considering when it was made, I thought a lot of the animation was real rough. Anytime they tried to do any action scene, I didn't like how almost every supporting character was expendable and they really didn't do anything to make give you any attachment to them and god it was so fucking hard to see anything in the show it was so dark (laughs) constantly uh so i'm not i didn't dislike it but comparing it to vivi i saw a lot of weaknesses that i don't think i would have seen if i hadn't just watched another ai sci-fi show yeah that after comparing them side by side i think did wit did it way better interesting
0: yeah it's very it's it seems to be a divisive show uh let's say. Well, what, do you, what do you think, Marcus?
2: I am on the other side of the divide. I'm sorry, Dan. I did not like this. Like, to be honest, kind of at all.
3: Oh, that is a shame.
2: Just genuinely, I was just... I did not enjoy this. I explained it to Caitlin because she was going to potentially watch with me, but she got busy with, like, work stuff. Yeah. And she's like, and this is when I was like six episodes in, she's like, how is it so far? And I was like, well, the opening song is done by Radiohead, and the rest of the anime is the exact same. I don't know how to describe it, but to me, this anime was made for MTV. I don't know if that makes any sense, but to me, this whole
3: anime felt like if Radiohead... Puddle of Mud, like those kinds of
2: bands. What? Were what? an anime? That's this to me.
1: I am very confused about you putting Puddle of Mud and Radiohead what? in the same group because. <laughs> They're
2: both slightly on the butt rocky side.
1: What? I'll say Ra- that about
2: Radiohead Head is
1: not butt rock. No, it's
2: not. I disagree. <laughs> well,
1: you can. Not- well, I'm fine with you not liking Radiohead, but they are not butt rock.
0: <laughs> I said butt rock E. You know, uh, you know, I, you know, I'll just say, you know, I, I could agree, but then we'd both be wrong. <laughs> um, at least on the butt rock part, you know, everyone's tastes are uh, different. Well, okay,
2: maybe, maybe butt rock is not the right term, but it's like that. Uh, uh, it's like Radiohead. I, I told Caitlin that if Black Hole Sun was an anime, it was this anime. Oh, like, but but Alice in Chains is good though.
1: That's Soundgarden,
3: but
2: oh whoa! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus. I mean, where it's like that's, that whole like edit that out. Oh my god, my life is awful. Oh, guitar. That was this anime to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's the part that I was worried about was uh, it, it, the show can be quite divisive, and it is old at this point. Um, but honestly, my biggest complaint I got
2: is with Nick on the like the color. Like there was, I, I get that this is supposed to be dystopian future, wasteland. Everything is shit. But god damn it, everything looks the same.
1: And everything is so fucking washed out and just like the same color tones. And it's just like anytime there's any action scene, I can't see shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the um, the first. Uh, at least the chunk that I
0: assigned definitely has that issue. Where, but you know, they, they do it for a purpose, uh, and then the show w- without having to assign the whole thing, which is mm-hmm. would be a slog uh, for for you guys. It sounds like the the there are other colors as they go e- explore other shit. That's why instead of just ending at the commune, I ended it two two after. So kind of so mm-hmm. you get, kind of get into the flow. And what to expect for the rest of the show is him running around visiting the other spots and exploring more about like what he's supposed to be. But I mean, like,
3: and I will say I appreciate you.
2: I appreciate you ending on my favorite sunset trope, though, (laughs) riding off into the sunset. And Nick, even you, even said something in the group chat about like, oh, we didn't end with them riding off into the sunset, and I had already finished by that point, and I was like,
1: well.
3: (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, So, well, I mean, I've got a lot of notes because I I still, after my rewatch, uh, I still fully stand behind my statement that it is an absolute masterpiece, but I totally see the things that could pull me out. Like, you know, if I hadn't watched it three or four times at this point, uh, a lot of the storytelling would be very difficult. And, you know, unless you're have like an encyclopedic knowledge of everything going on all at once because uh <laughs> because the uh they'll they'll do huge lore bombs constantly and then they're so out of context that you don't know that they are mm. uh like uh the like the opening poem by Michelangelo you know and then he's hit the reference with the the four auto raves that uh, in uh assist the regent those are his uh, statues that he's done. And yeah. there are mm-hmm. four, philo- well, three philosophers, one failed psycho- uh, psychologist, but, you know, we won't talk about that um, <laughs> And uh, for their names. But, like, the, the original, that opening poem talks about, you know, um, blindness and numbness, being asleep, like, do not wake me, keep your voices low. Oh. And that is echoed through the entire show where it's easier to stay asleep than being, and the awake
3: is, well, and is Yeah, is being the, the
2: awakening is the whole theme throughout. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I will say something about this. It's like this had all the stuff. It had all the materials there for me, like all the ingredients for something I like. But it just felt like they weren't used right. Like you have all the ingredients to make a cake, but you try to make a pie instead, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like yeah, it was yeah. all there. But it just didn't come together for me for some reason.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, some less than its parts, it felt like. Like, there was some cool little tidbits here or there, but man, I didn't love the execution. It kind of felt similar to K. I thought it was better than K, but <laughs> it was similar where it's like, I kind of like the idea they're going for here, but just, yeah, the execution is just not hitting for me at all there was an actual story what are you talking
3: about <laughs> i was
2: gonna say that f- i could see the faces dan is making the whole time you were so saying that, Nick. so
0: you know i like again i was worried that this would happen uh but
1: comparing it to k that's that hurts that hurts my core <laughs> I, I, I said it's better than k just going into both and on the initial like Premise of both of them. I'm like, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm excited. And then you just get to it, and then both times the show just never grabbed me at all. Mm. Um, I appreciated this one more because I'm like, you're at least trying to do some cool shit. So I'll give you some credit for that. But yeah, both times I did not get hooked by either of these shows. So I had episodes of this to-
2: that grabbed me, but mm. the show overall did not. But there were some episodes that I was like, ooh, okay. Here it is. Like now we're now we're mixing the ingredients properly. And then the next episode, it was like a departure from that. And I was kind of like,
3: mm, so
2: did you want to do an episode episode breakdown? Because I wrote an essay. I think we should. I, be- I think it's fair that we should. Because um, I mean, j- just because I didn't like it or just because Nick didn't enjoy it as much as you did.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it would be a disservice to just kind of blow it off. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I don't think that's what we're here for. I think we're here to, like, talk about these and, like, really break them down and analyze them. So, yeah. Episode one.
1: Well, I will admit, uh, I do not have notes on the last two episodes. But but that's at that point, I'm just like, I know what I feel about this. (laughs) I'm pretty locked in.
0: (laughs) Oh, the last two inform the rest of the show and the greater plot uh, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot
1: i i got that they were revealing it i was just i was pretty confident in my feelings on the show at that point i had the notebook ready in case there was anything i did want to write down i didn't write anything for those last two episodes
0: i will say for the last two actually we'll do that when we get there we'll do that when we get there so so the the it opens up with the 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 michelangelo you know quote poem and -hmm. and then it cuts to shortly after uh I believe it's uh, someone talking about like in that moment, I understood everything, the workings of the creators and the totality of malevolence. We won't be able to oppose these things, but still we must punish them. And then like, that is the entire show. Uh, mm-hmm. But just so out of context, <laughs> like you're like, okay, I sh-, <laughs> you just have to file that away and have it like as a poster in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then, the show kind of takes off with the like slow drudgery of Vincent law's life trying to be, I was going to say, I thought that
2: was weird. Like I really thought Riel was supposed to be the main character.
0: She definitely is one of, but it is, it is Vincent's story for sure.
2: And see, that's, I think that's what threw me off too, because for a lot of it, I was like, okay, when are we getting back to Riel? Okay. When are we getting back to Riel? So I was like, Mm-hmm. In my head, treating Vincent's stuff like side plot, and I'm like, okay, when are we going to get back to the main plot? We're doing a lot of side questing here. <laughs> she's definitely while the, the big more bad is still rolling.
0: She's definitely the more interesting character for the first episode or two. Absolutely. Uh, overall, she's a fantastic like female uh, protagonist type character because she's not she's unapog- unpo- uh, unapologetically uh, <laughs> stubborn, uh, fiercely intelligent. She you know, is really interested in diving down and you know learning the truth kinda mm-hmm. regardless of the consequences and she's not like friendly, yeah, uh, but she's also ultra jaded at this point about this whole system that they're in of just stagnation and consumerism uh mm-hmm. like the uh the advertising is like why skimp when you deserve more yeah uh, oh, and it's like uh. Fellow citizens,
2: it is your duty to produce waste kind of yeah. thing. Like, man, they're really leaning into this.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they
1: are. Yeah. Uh, that was almost a little too heavy-handed, I thought.
0: Oh, sure. They wanted yeah. it to be in your face. Uh, and But the constant uh, monitoring by the state, like all their little uh, auto, auto raves, that mm-hmm. uh, their little helpers, constant state monitoring. They'll correct you if you start doing things that are outside of what they expect. Mhm. Uh. But that's kind of the first episode where they just really set up the the characters what they do, you know, the the auto rave uh capturing with uh Vincent and or just fucking killing people or <laughs> robots. <laughs> yeah. But yeah,
2: and then, and then episode 1 ends with her getting attacked by the two we'll call them monsters for now. Yeah. at her home and then going straight into episode 2. She's getting, like, all the checkups and stuff like that. And everybody just thinks she's fucking crazy. Like, they're... I'm like, no. If there were monsters, our super post-advanced modern society would capture them on tape. But we don't see any data indicating that they were there, so you're fucking lying.
0: So, Raul and the Regent are 100% gaslighting the shit out of Riel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, That was
1: literally my first note of episode two is... Uh, Riel's being gaslit.
0: <laughs> oh, 100%. Well, uh, and Daedalus is participating Daedalus. in it.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, Daedalus too. He's because participating. He's like, I'd sure. like to believe you, but just the data doesn't suggest that. Sorry. Like you've.
0: Yeah, they're all just fuck. shitty little cogs in the system. Uh, but mm-hmm. Raul and Daedalus get to grow. Uh, maybe not in good ways, but they they do grow and change throughout the show. Daedalus not so much in the first nine, but later on um, he does. But Raul starts to
1: Come apart. I'd hope Raul will grow because in the first nine episodes, he was like comically evil, like twisting a (laughs) mustache,
2: (laughs) like he tied Riel up in some ropes and left her on the train tracks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was just like I'm just gonna manipulate people openly. Like I don't give a shit. It was like, yeah, you don't really have any redeeming qualities, dude. No, (laughs) no, he
0: he he has one, only one. Is does that one come later? Um, it's, he, he likes Pinot. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing. And that's the only, so, so episode two has the mall, uh, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the big action point of this episode.
3: That
1: chase scene was comical. It was so (laughs) bad.
0: I,
2: I will say it wasn't supposed to be comical, but it just leaping off of people's faces was funny to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just the tracking of it and stuff was like, this. it looks so strange. And I know this is supposed to be like this really tense scene. It is not hitting that emotional tone for me at mm. all.
2: I was more forgiving of that scene
1: just because
2: of when I knew it come out came out. Like, I knew this was an 06... 06 or 07? Sorry. Oh, 06. 06. Oh, six. Oh, 06 anime. So, like... I'm early high school. Mm-hmm. We have made leaps and bounds in the animation world since then. So I can forgive this. Honestly. It was more of just the way they depicted some of the stuff was funny in the moment that it wasn't supposed to be. Like, people getting slaughtered in the mall. Not funny. (laughs) Tense. Like, bad. It just like leaping and bounding off of a person's face. Funny. Comical. Not supposed to be. So that choice was weird to me. Now, the scene where it runs by, and we have the five minutes of Zack Snyder so slow-mo, yeah. where Pino tries to like get in the way, and the faceless adult mom lady gets her throat slit, starts falling down the escalator, the baby stroller bouncing down the escalator. At first, I was in it. At first, I was like, oh, man. But then the slow-mo just kept on going for way too long. And I was like, okay, let's get, let's, let's, can we see what happens? Like, does somebody swoop in? I was like waiting for a Deus Ex to like save the day. Like maybe Iggy's in the mall or something like that. And he shows up and catches the stroller. But then that doesn't happen. We see Roll at this point and dude is just watching unfazed. So, and that's kind of like that moment where like, at first, I thought it was just like shock like holy fuck this is happening right in front of my eyes i don't know how i'm paralyzed with fear or indecisiveness or something and then right after he's like nah I'm just gonna just
0: fucking get some people with brooms in here clean this shit up uh so you you were you were right on the head with the like original assessment he is fully in shock like mm-hmm. so so everyone has this 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 idea of like they are assigned a task raul was created and Popped out of the little tank, so that he was the director of this um, intelligence the, bureau, the sec- security or bureau. security bureau. Excuse me, not the intelligence. Yeah. Security bureau. That's his entire purpose. So everything is supposed to go more or less how they expect, and then he mm-hmm. gets to sit there and watch something that he's not expecting happen to him and his family, and it's overwhelming and surreal. Like this, this, this isn't happening. This is this is not real. Wait, his family.
1: So, that was his wife and child. That was
0: his wife. I,
2: I 100% missed that. I don't know how. They, it's, but I 100% it's okay. no, no, no. It's okay. missed that.
0: They don't do it super, super, super straightforward where he says, I'm supposed to meet my wife and child at the mall. Or, or, or you know, his auto rave of companions like, you got to mm-hmm. go do this. And he goes, oh, okay. And then they cut to Pino, wife and, and, and mom and kid going to the mall, wandering around. And then, so even then, I could mostly excuse not Putting those together, I think the first time I watched it, I didn't know what the hell was going on and why he cared so much. But then he went back to the house that Pino was playing the piano on later. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there, like, just pressing a couple buttons. And then he starts to lose his cool at that point. Yeah. Um, so, I like Raul as a character. He's obviously a terrible person. But he's put into, you know, a horrible situation where he... Everything, his world is completely shattered. You know, he's supposed to have a normal life being this security bro chief Mm -hmm. with his wife and kid and little helper robot. And it's just all crumbling apart because right after, you know, all he has left is Pino. We all see Pino uh, gain her ego, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. become self-aware. And then she she gets reported immediately and is now being hunted. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And then this is also when... uh...
2: Uh, Vincent goes on the run. Like, from not just from the mon, the quote unquote monster, but the cops basically are the equivalent of cops.
0: Yeah. So he's getting framed at this point for killing his entourage. Mm hmm. And yeah. And they, and they say that. They say that,
2: uh, next episode, episode three, I believe, is when they straight up say that. Or he, no, he says that. Uh, riel
3: Mm -hmm.
2: because he's running away uh riel is trying to contact him and see like what is his involvement with what she now calls the proxy she doesn't exactly know what the proxy is Mm -hmm. but she knows that vincent is involved and she's trying to communicate to him meanwhile vincent is trying to bug the fuck out of the city and he goes to, uh, what, what is
0: it called? The Plug Vent? Yeah, episode three mm-hmm. Leap into the Void slash Maze City is, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, because he knows and he figured out like Riel found his projection maps that mm-hmm. showed the escape routes of all the uh, kogito infected uh, auto raves. And he's going to take it. And he's like, nope, I'm yeah. out. Um, also, the, right before Monad catches him, you see him open his eyes for the first time yeah. and him. So that's the first time we see that something is off off with Vincent other than yeah. just being he's just trying to be the meekest uh oh please don't be <laughs> model <laughs> citizen and what it be what what it means to be a model citizen is to like throw away your your agency basically yeah your sense of self
1: uh yeah they were definitely going for like 1984 vibes with the model citizen mm-hmm. thing but i think they could have Explicitly explored it a little bit more than they did. I
0: have,
1: I appreciated the like
0: non-linear and experimental storytelling uh, personally, and that's where I that's why I put it on that pedestal. Is it doesn't it it does a lot of the show don't tell, but I also while I think it's its strength and why it's so good, I also see why it's one of the issues is if you're not rewatching it three or four times or checking up the. <laughs> The, the wiki and doing a little research on it and doubling back after you watch episode 22 and be like oh okay yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah it, it kind of falls apart uh, but uh, but this is where we get Pino uh, one of the best characters of the show uh, wrest-
1: just the best character of the show <laughs> I think.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah no I agree uh, wrestling with being aware mm-hmm. uh, so whenever auto raves get the virus it's, it's interesting because like their past life is very murky. Like, they have the data of that those things happened to them previously, but they don't... It wasn't necessarily an experience for them because they yeah. weren't aware. So I thought that was interesting. Well,
2: that's a good way to word it. It's, it's more data than it is memories. Mm. So...
1: Yeah. So basically, from the moment they get the virus, experiences start at zero from that point. So that's, mm-hmm. that's them being born.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So am I Pino? Is Pino me? Is it okay that I'm Pino? The when he first you know meets her and says, "Oh yeah, you're Pino. Uh, I worked on you earlier. Probably was the reason why you're sick." Uh, <laughs> but uh, asking if it's okay to be Pino was the thing that I thought was very interesting. With that, mm-hmm. is is it okay that I have a sense of self? Kind of that's what I took it as. And she's asking it, but like, and the only way that she knows is just kind of being very direct.
2: Well, and I think it's also that she like has a sense that that's not the normal Mm -hmm. like some she knows that something is off maybe that's programming from the previous data carrying over to her now lived experience that she's going through now but you could very much tell that she's a little bit confused by it and like feels kind of wrong and i think that's to end this is maybe just speculation on my part Part of why she's like, oh yeah, 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 I'm cool to get the fuck out of here too, man. Yeah,
0: like, there's bail. there's there's a strong, like, even though they're just born, there's a strong self-preservation. Yeah. Uh mentality with the auto rays. Uh and then he gets to the plug. Uh Pino is interesting and like uh playful and clever. Uh <laughs> also mad fucking strong because <laughs> everyone else is like getting
2: sucked out and she's just like walking regularly yeah. carrying the bag. Like, I don't know why you guys are having
0: a problem, you fucking idiots. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Vincent's like, oh, this bag's too heavy. She's just like, oh, <laughs> over the shoulder. You you dropped this. <laughs> you skipped leg day, bitch. Let's go. Um, and so that one was the leap into the void Maze City mm-hmm. episode. So that was him, the, the void that I thought jumping was uh, him jumping out of the vent, or, well, falling out, kind of casually, mm-hmm. and then, like, this is over. I will say the reveal that the cities are fucking Jetson cities,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I thought was, one, both cool, and, two, a little bit funny. Like, someone watch, someone writing the show watched the Jetsons and went, mm-hmm. oh, that's that
0: shit. Fuck yeah, we gonna have, we gonna have stilt cities, motherfucker, like. So, the, the next episode is called Signs of the Future and Hades of the Future, which is mm-hmm. a lot of foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, but uh, then we still have more Pinot growing again and learning human mannerisms as she goes by mimicking. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know children do that to mimic, but with Pinot, it's so in-your-face where she's just walking up to you yeah. and saying, you're doing something new and interesting, I'm going to copy it. Well, that, yeah. and she's a robot,
2: essentially, mm-hmm. so like... But that kind of behavior in a robot is already off. I, al- I, did, li- I did like the bit with, uh, what, is the- what is the other kid's name? Thomas? Timothy? I don't remember. Timothy. Yeah, the little boy where he's like doing the drawings, which also, that kid's an incredible artist and nobody ever talks about it. But he's like doing the drawings and the colorings and she just rips his up and then makes a mimic of it perfectly <laughs> yeah. and hands it back to him. She's like, oh, here you go, that's a replacement. And he's kind of like, hey, what the fuck? Uh, so,
1: what's with this AI generated art? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's He's like, why uh, can't you
2: get
0: the hands right? Damn it.
1: <laughs> a bit that was interesting.
0: God damn the hands. Uh, so, that's a bit that's interesting is that up until that point, m- m- Timothy's drawing was the most colorful thing in the entire show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I took that as this child's viewpoint is still colorful and bright. Yeah. And he's expressing that, and nothing else is br- colorful and bright other than maybe people's blood, but even that's, like, dark. Uh, I was, I thought that
2: was kind of like an in-your-face of, like, human expression is the brightest thing in the wasteland, kind of, and oh, that's where I was like, okay, it is a little heavy-handed.
0: I, I was taking that mostly as, like, the kids, you know, still innocent, so they still have color. Yeah. Uh, And then also there was a line that, you know, Pino just said, lies make us happy. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Um, And then another interesting female character popped up, Quinn. So we're in the commune. Quinn ruled. So we're in the commune, and there's a bunch of dopey idiots that are just like, I don't have to deal with reality. I have this falsified, like, made-up version of what's going on that Hootie, the leader, is pushing (laughs) because like he's 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 a he's like a kind guy but he's an idiot and will lie about anything. Yeah. But Quinn is the realist and the outsider of the group. But she's intelligent, crafty and realistic. And so I thought their dynamic was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the three old out-of-touch characters I kind of reminded me of the three old out-of-touch side characters you see in, like, almost every Cowboy Bebop episode. <laughs> yep. Oh,
2: yeah. Yep, <laughs> I was thinking it the whole time. I was just waiting on them to be, like, back playing in my poker in the back, like, somewhere. We built this town.
3: <laughs> um, on
2: rock and
0: roll. Built
2: so, this city.
0: But then Raul again, showing more... Break like because he was calm, cool, and collected, did everything by the book before, and then now mm-hmm. he's having fun with it almost. And his like joking around with it, like, oh, maybe we'll just let him have fun, maybe we'll let you know. Uh, he's uh, he joked that he maybe he has the cogito virus at this point, and yeah. And his auto rave's like, that's not funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that's also just him being in his element. Like, Mm. the rest is boring bureaucratic shit, but when he gets to do some, some, like, real security bureau stuff,
0: the man is thriving. So he... So he's lost everything. You know, he doesn't even have his robot. Mm -hmm. He lost his family, uh, which were just assigned to him, most likely. But he is now... He blames a lot of it on Vincent, and it's his new obsession. Like, he doesn't have to Mm kind of deal with his real life. If he can just go capture Vincent It'll all make sense and it'll be okay. So this this idea of obsession is kind of touched on with Raul, which I like.
2: I cannot explain to you how mad I am that I did not make the connection that that was his fucking family. Because the whole time I was like, why is this dude so goddamn obsessed? Like, what are you even losing it for? Nothing happened to you. Who cares, dude? So, like, now it's like, oh, no, everything happened to you. (laughs) Now it makes so much more sense because before I was like, this dude's just bad for the sake of being bad. Like
1: He still f- came off as a little bit bad for the sake of being bad. Yes, he lost them, but he showed no emotional like direct reaction to that. And I get that, yes, this show is obsessed with showing not telling, almost to a fault. To a fault. I, mean, I would say to a fault. To a fault. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, Marcus totally missed that piece. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure I missed plenty. I, I missed it, I missed <laughs> it, it reminded it me of
2: the movie equilibrium oh, in yeah. the far future when emotions
0: are outlawed. This came out around like, the same time too, I think. Oh no, we yeah, like K- O2. Like Any, anywho, um, mm-hmm. there's uh, Hootie has an interesting uh, bit where he's caring for Vincent, but he's just sitting mm-hmm. over and watching him. Uh, he's reading from uh, some poems, uh, which are real poems, but there's like one line About, uh, I do not know what happened within my psyche, nor am I able to express what happened. That moment, when I felt something go to sleep within me and something else awaken, was a moment that defied description. And during that, Vincent was delirious with the the sickness, but that helped Mm -hmm. him. Like, that is unnervingly poignant for Vincent's experience. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and then later on Hootie says, lies are truth until you know them to be lies. It may be the right thing to do to discern truth from lies, but that does not mean it will bring happiness. And that's kind of his journey with Vincent because uh, Vincent and Pino as the main characters is interesting because Vincent is doing a journey to figure out his past. Mm-hmm. And Pino is
3: doing a journey to figure out her future. And they're together for it, which I thought was really cool. But, um, episode five. Episode five. Super fast copy powers.
0: Timothy's getting real tired of her bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> With Pino. But, yeah. Th- then Pino, or Timothy asks, hey, you, uh, r- do, do something that you like. And it stops her in her tracks. Like, full yeah. fucking stop.
3: Um,
0: is, this, is this the
2: part where she gets the melodica? <laughs> uh, which the, I thought was a funny instrument choice for her. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> during the time that Vincent was asleep, Hootie gave it to her and taught her how to, or well, told her to try it out. So she was yeah. doing it since the last episode, but now yeah, she's exploring music and that kind of self-expression. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it sounds like a child's like just tooting randomly because she's a child at the end of the day. But it's also
2: not mimicry, which I think is a good point to touch on. Because it's like a, a robot shouldn't be able to create. They should only mm-hmm. be able to mimic or produce what they've been programmed to. But no, at this point, now we see that she is creating. Like, even if it is just random dutes and toots on the melodica, it's something new that she hasn't heard before. Which I think, I, d- I did like that mm-hmm. a lot. And like that sh- shift of like, oh, she can make a perfect copy of something. That's impressive in a way, but it's not as impressive as creating something new from nothing. Mm-hmm. Now she is creating something new from nothing. And so it was just like a overnight shift into this new state of being that I thought was very cool.
0: Yeah. And. Uh, but then we get the raid on the commune. Mm-hmm. And we lose Timothy. Which, I will say... Pino just dips. Pino's like, huh, guns are coming, deuces, and then (laughs) goes swimming. Yeah. (laughs) But Timothy's like, oh boy, she can do anything. Like, you should do that too, sir.
3: Yep. Like... (laughs)
0: um, And then, but also, Hootie says some interesting stuff about uh, proxies at this point. Because he he he's lying like crazy at this point, Hootie. He's saying stuff like Vincent's a um, revolutionary fighter, blah blah blah. I've been in talks whenever he's just been fiddling with his fucking Bose sound system, and yeah. <laughs> but then magically Riel shows up and it seems to corroborate his bullshit. And he's <laughs> starting to spout off. See, he is important. Yeah. So and he's starting to spout off a bunch of random garbage about proxies. And he knows way more than he should. And I don't know why. <laughs> Even after all this, and you know, me talking it up, I don't know <laughs> why he knows so fucking much. Because they show later that he's a Romdo kid. Yeah. That just got kicked out for stealing something. So then why does he know? It's not like, I mean, he says. He, he stole the nutcracker. He stole the, he stole the nutcracker. And. So he says stuff like changing of forms, manipulating of minds, and then he starts to lose Riel's interest because she just assumes he's just making it up, all up. But he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's actually 100% correct about those two things. <laughs> but then he says, like, oh, then they can bring, like, entire, like, planets down from the sky and they, they, they just wander around out here. They're, just, they're, they're everywhere. And he's like,
1: uh,
3: No.
0: <laughs> okay, gang. So he's an unreliable narrator, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, then we get to man, episode man. six. Or, unless we it's not well, more episode five.
2: I was going to say, just in episode five, we see that Riel, her suit gets damaged, gets damaged, Vincent is injured, and Riel is sick now. Also, uh, going back to, just a quick touch, going back to episode four, mm-hmm. when we see Vincent, this is after he... Jumped off the city. And then episode four, he comes back. And motherfucker's just fine? That was the first moment of, like, I had where I'm like, he ain't human. Right. That humans don't do that. Yeah. And then in this episode where he gets, like, fucking lanced or what the fuck ever. And Hootie is just like, oh, yeah, you healed up pretty great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you healed up fine. I'm like... uh, you know, on a lot of the sickness and having difficulties fighting it off, like 80% of the people that come to the commune get sick and die. It's because yeah. they live in their little hermetically sealed, perfect little town where there's no sickness.
2: Yeah. They're bubble boy.
0: Yeah. Um, Vincent but, was Jake Gyllenhaal. He's out on his journey of
2: self-discovery now.
0: And then sh- that's when Riel saw Vincent go off the cliff and then Ergo Proxy popping up at that same moment. And she's like, yeah. no, 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 Every time Vincent's around, Ergo Proxy shows up. But she, I don't think she can believe or wants to believe that they are one of the same yet. Yeah. Because that's potentially ridiculous. It, yeah, it's,
2: it's ludicrous in her mind. Like, Well, first off, the, this monster didn't exist for her until, like, how long has it been? Four days ago in the show mm-hmm. at this point? Like, maybe a week? And it had attacked her. Yeah, so then to also think that, oh, this guy that I know, this meek. Is this monster? <laughs> this yeah.
0: Meek, meek boy versus this.
2: Me- from Lilo and Stitch turned out to be
0: a monster. Like- yeah. Uh, and then you've got uh, episode six, uh, Return Home slash Homecoming, uh, or Domecoming, depending on the translation. But Raoul. It was Domecoming in English, oh. and I thought that was funny. Uh, Raoul mm-hmm. is uh, breaking more. Uh, mm-hmm. He's riding the elevator, looking at a picture of look, looking at himself. And he just says he just hates that face. Yeah, gives her the old dramatic punch. <laughs> um, Riel was he sick he chugged a monster, punched the wall. Riel was sick, and Hootie's like, "Yeah, you are probably going <laughs> to die <a>, to <laughs> to someone who's like feverish and pass the fuck yeah. out."
1: <laughs> well, then then she gets up, but it's like you are making it worse. It's like you just said she was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: well now she's gonna die an hour
0: sooner Nick mm. obviously uh, but this was the episode where Pino goes and talks to Hootie so at this point the jig is up the, everyone knows Hootie's full of shit they're not listening to him anymore Quinn's going a little more frantic cause she lost Timothy and instead of being like skeptical but reasonable now she's like no we're full on balls to wall let's get the fuck out of here yeah. and um so Hootie's just kind of depressed and sad that his little family that he's put together is falling apart because, you know, matchstick houses. And Pino's going around asking where, where Timothy's at.
2: But yeah, and no one's saying anything to her. I thought that was like uh, kind of cruel. But then, fucking Hootie is like, oh little girl, ain't nobody tell you he's fucking dead.
3: But she says, like, yeah. I know he's dead. Well, yeah, There's but she gotta doesn't be another
2: one. understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's like, no, when people die, that's that's it, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. She's like, but I still want to play with them. And he's like, well, you're not fucking going to get to. Yeah. Are, you, and then, are you sad, Pinot? And
0: she's like, I don't know. I don't like it.
2: <laughs> well, and then, and then he says to her that feeling that you have, that like hollowness, that loneliness, that's what we people call sadness. Mm-hmm. And like kind of. In a not roundabout, but in like a short and simple way explains like what you feel right now, this lack of a person is sadness and loneliness. That's what you feel. Yeah.
0: Um also early in the this arc in the in the commune, they talk about how the uh patrols don't target auto raves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so later in the episode, Quentin, they're all on the boat. They're dipping at this point, it seems like. And Pino's on the boat, and they, you know, another patrol comes by, huge patrol or an attack. And Quinn makes a, a point to grab Pino and throw her in the fucking, uh, in into the boat to hide.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: I thought that was a tiny nod that she perceived Pino as more than just an auto rave at this point. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like she knew Pino wouldn't be targeted, but she wanted Pino to be safe. Like. Mm-hmm. She, Cause I mean, you can still catch a stray and she didn't want that to happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one dude got ultra fucked up. He was like standing still and gets like shot up like 30 times. <laughs> oh yeah, dude.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't like this particular part where it just, they just made all these characters just immediately expendable and it kind of Felt like, okay, that thing we experienced at the commune just ended up not mattering all that much. So I didn't like that. I would have appreciated if... Get one or two supporting characters along for the ride, they did. I think.
0: <laughs> two, two, two survived. <laughs> For the
3: for, yeah the, for the, the first two The minutes. proxy and the auto race. No, 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 no. Uh, no. no,
0: no two, I know what you mean, Dan. Two, two dudes yeah. survived for like and then two st- two minutes of the next episode. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then and then get buried immediately, yeah.
3: So I don't know what you're talking so,
0: about. But <laughs> but Quinn taking a shot and then them, you know, floating away and then looking back and seeing the drones just like hovering because they had a maximum distance and then just being like, God mm. damn it. We could have been safe if we just moved a football field away. They would have, yeah. Never bothered they just us. kept going. Uh, but then, as Quinn died, um, Pino, so so Pino just recently has been dealing with this idea of death and loss, and she's been able to, like like because she's fiercely intelligent as well, and she's able to process all this. And then she, you know, Quinn dies right in front of her, and she just goes. I feel very sad, Quinn, and just like touches yeah. her, so she she knows what it's what it's about. Um, and then you know this this episode kind of you know, touches on this exploration of loneliness and isolation and obsession, and the kind of just how isolated and lonely Vince always feels as a an outsider, and then getting ostracized, never fitting in with the commune. He's He's drawn to this real person and, and he's got Pino and that's
3: like, that's it.
2: Yeah. Which I will say, I kind of had moments with Vincent here that I did not appreciate. I like, it was very much a fuck Vincent whenever he's like, it's just the two of us now. No way. She's an auto rave. It's just me. I'm alone.
3: Like yeah. you
0: piece of shit. Well, that's but, uh, that's in episode seven, I think. After the two guys, oh, was that seven? yeah, yeah episode seven? Yeah, the two. Okay, okay. They, they bury one dude in. Uh, they just lightly cover him up.
2: <laughs> with yeah, and then the wind blows immediately, and it it's just a, a. It's like, oh, you guys didn't even try. Uh, like, and
0: so, you know, I thought that was kind of rough. But, uh, you know, there's he says a line like, "There's no escape from what you know," as he's you know just forging off in the distance, trying to go back to mosque to try and figure stuff out. Uh, but then this is the episode they find out that like proxies are what, like literally the life force of the, the dome cities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're required. Uh, Literally, literally calls it a God. Yeah. And then I like the idea of this like pantheistic God, um, deity approach instead of a monotheistic, all powerful one. They're like, these are the gods that are, uh, they have, they have some sort of aspect to them, mm-hmm. where Monad was the god of life, ergo's something, uh, which we find later in episode nine, <laughs> and then you meet the proxy that's in this, in this tower with these, these fucking, these soldiers. Yeah, well, uh, what's her name,
2: Sinan?
3: Uh I wrote it down.
2: Senex, Senex. Yeah, that's what it was. I was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I will say. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. Uh, I was going to say this was another kind of a little bit of a hang up I had with episode seven where Daedalus is explaining uh, Monad. And he's basically like, yeah, we, we couldn't hurt him. Like they surpassed gender. So it, it's not right to call them a he or a she. They're more of just this god. But Monad is made up of indestructible Amrita cells. And I had a moment of like, am I, Does that supposed to have significance to me? What the fuck is an Amrita cell? Like, is that prior knowledge I was supposed
0: to have? Uh, no. Amrita is a Sanskrit word for immortality in Indian religion. Okay. So just like a little nod kind of thing. Yeah. Which I kind of didn't catch. Like, so, whenever they
2: say that, this was a midichlorians moment for me. Where Star Wars is like, yeah, he's got tons of midichlorians, and it was all like, are we fucking supposed to know what that means? What the shit is that? it was like, oh, it's this new thing that you made up as just a plot
1: device for now. Or unobtainium from Avatar. God damn it. So, it's definitely a
0: plot point. So, one of the things that ends this show really nicely is that, like, all of the nuance and... uh, difficulties that all the characters have had with all their emotions and the complexity that, that arises from that uh, is all born out of a fairly simple sci-fi story. Like, there's a simple sci-fi story that all these different pieces come together and then made a ton of complexity out of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you have, you have Cenex, you, you, they, 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 they They go to this tower. They meet. They get shot at for a little bit. They see auto raves shooting back at people just hanging out in the, in, in the wasteland.
2: Also, coolest auto raves we've seen so far.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. The bronze dudes. Yeah. yeah and they,
2: they reminded me a little bit of either like the knights from like Demon Souls or Elden Ring mm-hmm. or a little bit of I don't know if either of you guys have played the Xbox 360 masterpiece. That's not an exaggeration. That is Lost Odyssey which oh, was, yeah, was basically really a fucking great RPG that had a battle system that was a little bit like Legend of Dragoon but not it reminded me of in the opening uh scene of that game where you see all these like kind of automaton looking knights that Kaim is fighting it reminded me of those quite mm-hmm. a bit which also everybody if you haven't played Lost Odyssey go play Lost Odyssey that's your just uh,
0: rules parallels with Dark Souls of like fallen knights of uh, uh, a yeah, like a former heyday is uh, like kingdom. Yeah, is is very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, and I, I found that out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like- uh, so next episode, episode eight, light beam shining sign. Uh, these poor these poor bastard clone soldiers fighting a never ending war with mass produced auto raves is
3: mm-hmm.
0: awful. Which I liked. Yeah.
2: Oh, no, it's great. I was here for that one. Like that's one that I was like. Whoa, this these guys live in hell. Mm -hmm. This is hell. And to the point where uh Vincent's kind of like, Whoa, uh, who started this war? And the other guy's like, buddy, it's war. (laughs) He's like, You didn't answer the question. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's war. We fight war.
0: Uh we got Pino in this episode watching him eat, just like staring at Vincent eat a lot, (laughs) and then trying to mimic him. Uh he also eats like 15 cans of cat food. Like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's not human. Um, <laughs> well, and then he throws it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, so Cedex is now wandering around and yeah. murdering people. And not just a little bit.
2: She, she's super murdering she's, people. She's, she's like flaying people. It. Yeah. It's like that scene from Silent H- the Silent Hill movie where Pyramid Head just like skins that lady oh. by just like ripping all of her skin off and throwing it away. That's what I thought of
0: mm-hmm. immediately. And Vincent gets blamed for it because it all started popping off whenever he showed up. Because he's the new guy, yeah. And they lock him up, and one that's never completely explained is why were, like, so there were no women in in the soldiers group, and they were all locked up. Yeah. And so the lady that's in the cell next to him seems like she's muttering about random bullshit. That she's just fully crazy. And so back to what Hootie said about being able to enter people's minds and talk through them. Mm -hmm. This is Senex literally talking to Ergo. Yeah. Like this whole sermon
2: kind of like through the bars. She seems like crazy, but I, I, I did like this part. Yeah. I did like this whole like sermon recital thing going on but also kind of it being a prelude to the fall. I enjoyed that quite a bit where it's almost, it almost sounds like, uh, like when you hear like a crazy dude, like shouting out this wild religious, like end of days prophecy. Mm -hmm. It felt uh, very akin to that. But in this, the, uh, the prophecy
0: is happening. Like, so I thought that was really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, so the other bit that was interesting at the beginning of the episode there was uh, the card soldiers uh that Pino was like looking at a, a kids book and had like a child or uh, uh, oh, uh yeah, card yeah. soldiers so this card motif pops up a couple times in this episode which I thought was very strange until I, you know I thought about it for a little bit and found that the card soldiers could could also be paralleled with the card soldiers in Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, and yeah. How the queen would just be like, nah, off with their heads," and so Senex was their queen, and was just murdering them for fun, and didn't yeah. care about you know her subjects. But then also after the after the quick fight, because the fighting is never the the goal. the the, the goal of the show is to sit sit around and talk, <laughs> and think about it. But. Mm-hmm. The other bit was when the blonde-haired man walks in after, in the aftermath. At the very end of the episode. At the very end of the episode. And then he's looking at the cards. And uh, I was like, huh, I wonder what the sequence is. So he pulls up a ten, jack, a king, and an ace. And so he's hoping for his, he's looking for his queen. And instead mm-hmm. he gets the Joker. which The, the, the Joker, <laughs> yeah. And he chuckles about it to himself. Yeah, he's like, huh. Uh, and that leads us right into episode nine.
2: And in episode nine, Alucard is
0: sitting there sipping wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's discount Alucard. hundred oh, yeah. percent. I, I, i uh, so this was Shards of Brilliance, uh, slash Angel's Share, which I thought Angel's Share was interesting because that talks about, like, the missing alcohol and booze that's yeah. lost from a cask. But Shards of <laughs> Brilliance because he's the proxy of brilliance. Well, they all, they also referenced that mm-hmm. later.
2: And we'll, we'll get to that in a second.
0: But, uh, but yeah, so
2: Vincent wakes up in that tower with him, basically.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's a line that Vincent says that shows that he's finally starting to grow and learn, uh, because he says, "Once alive, people have no choice but to continue living. Like, like there's like, what's the purpose? Like, they just don't have a choice, just to keep going." Mm-hmm. Um, but see, his name was
3: Koskis,
2: Koskis Hauer. Hauer,
3: yeah.
0: I know this because, like,
2: three times during the episode, I was like, what the fuck was that guy's name? <laughs> and I had to rewind to the beginning where he introduced himself because so many times I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? God damn it. What was that guy's name?
0: So, Senex was the proxy of, like, the moon. And he's the proxy of the sun or the brilliance of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So they the shining light. So, they were this, like, paired. There's this idea of this paired proxies and they're opposite. And mm-hmm. he was in love with Senex. But then Ergo Proxy killed his love, and he was like, oh, I could love you. Like, you're, you're wonderful. Like, you gave Senex you gave the, the end that she wanted, that she was going nuts. So, like, the pulse of the Awakening is a thing that is, has been driving all of the Proxies mad. hmm And, but then whenever he asks Vince, hey, you know, wh- why did you do it? And he goes, I don't know. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, her death meant nothing. And then he loses well, his shit. Vincent specifically says, "I didn't oh, kill her." Oh, I didn't kill her. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because yeah. he does, he does do the "What do you mean? I don't get it" kind of thing. But he's like, "No, I didn't kill her. I didn't kill anybody." And to the point of like vehemently denying this and like kind of accusing Casca's of being crazy.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so he's like, kind of trying to gaslight Koskis and into like, "You're wrong." You're losing your shit. You've had too much to drink. I didn't kill anybody. And that's when he tries to bail out of the room and Koskis kind of loses it. Yeah. Pino's already
0: dipped at this point because she's like, yeah, this is sketch. (laughs) I'm out. I'm going back to the boat. (laughs) I'm going to count rabbits.
2: (laughs) Pino was in this episode, the dog during invasion of the body snatchers that realizes something is up. Yeah. And is like, "Mm, I don't jive with this motherfucker. We should go, Vince. Vince is like, no, we gotta stay, and she's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go, go fuck so yourself.
0: So during their fight, Koskis does a uh, lore dump for <laughs> for us, uh, like the most the the most direct lore dump we've had so far, and he just says, you removed your memories, gave them to Ma- Monad, which that drove her uh, to fall unconscious, uh, and mm-hmm. then he got to start over as a human, but he has this amnesia. And so then there's this idea of like we are the sum of our memories, and you know erasing your memories is the same as losing yourself. Mm -hmm. So he has to start over from this fresh plate, or you know from this fresh slate. And then Koska says like you know you're also a coward. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And they have to fight, and he's trying to drag out Ergo Proxy in a very uh, intense way, uh, (laughs) because. So there's the gun that's in the room with Vincent whenever he wakes up. Mm-hmm. I believe it's heavily implied, or it's implied that Costas tried to kill himself. He had the gun. He probably. Oh sp- yeah. He probably spit out the bullet. And I thought, I thought for sure that's what they were going for. But then he placed it in Vincent's bed, like saying, like I couldn't kill myself. Maybe you can kill me. So it gives him the gun, but then during the fight, <laughs> loses the gun, and Costas just. Bumps him three times. With yep, <laughs> some bullets. He's like, "Yeah, you, a human can't survive this," and you're still going. And uh, he finally starts to turn. Uh, and Vincent finally admitting and realizing that he's the he is a proxy, and that he is mm-hmm. the proxy of death. Of death. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. He also has the most emo moment yes. of all fucking time here when he's like if I'm not human, what's the point of going on? And then five seconds later, all right, let's go on. Like, oh, okay. Also, where do he get new gloves? I think he just grows them. His gloves shredded during the transition. And then just two seconds later, he's just got gloves on. I was like, where you get them gloves? Vince? Maybe there's like <laughs> tiny
0: stitching fingers inside his fingers that <laughs> stitches them back up whenever he's done being his wearable uh, form. Prox-
2: proxies are gods. They can do anything. Yeah, But yeah, also
0: to reference the, the missing cask
2: of alcohol or of ale from the story that you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, we kind of get a nod to this whenever Koskis is looking through the wine cabinet and he's like, this one's too sour, Crash. Mm-hmm. This one's too bitter, Crash. There's not a good bit of booze left, like as if it's missing. So I did like that. Mm-hmm. That was that was a nice little bitty touch. Oh man! And then every time I, I he
0: drank, drank, he'd give himself a full ass pour, full glass gl of wine yeah. down the hatch. <laughs> and so I, I wrote down hedonism. Bot's going to hedonist. Uh, <laughs> Ooh! And so, so this show kind of tackles, like I said, these themes of like loneliness. Uh, but then from here on out, the show is about these themes about purpose. purpose. And, mm-hmm. you know, a chosen purpose or one that's been delegated to you. And, you know, is obtaining your, your end in that purpose, is that a... Is the, is the joy there or is the joy in the journey? Because a lot of people mm-hmm. in the show, they start finding out, it's like, oh, you get the thing. You did the thing. You got it. And it's like, sweet.
3: Purpose I'm still, fulfilled. I'm still fucking empty.
0: <laughs> and yeah. uh, this also, the rest of the show talks about this creator versus the creation. Mm-hmm. uh and also this idea of betrayal and abuse which is touched on as you know somewhat but the rest of the show
3: well i think they go into that early yeah. with vincent period like cuz he's just kind of a dick yeah yeah he's so. just kind
0: of a dick um but you know he's a god that puts himself in his creation's shoes and tries to experience them yeah. In a terrible way by him wiping his <laughs> memories of it and then just raw-dogging the human experience. God, yeah. Uh, Which also, he gave himself such a shitty job at doing this.
2: Like, if you're gonna do that, like, be a doctor. Like, <laughs> like why did you make yourself a worker bee? I, I get that maybe that's the experience you wanted to live, but
3: yeah,
0: damn, dog. Like, um, Compare yourself a little bit better. So the rest of the show, there's... It, it's it's I'm I'm saddened that you guys didn't enjoy it more. There's a lot more with the show, especially with the uh, exploration of philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, and the this idea of you know like the, the, the purpose stuff. Because you get you start getting a lot more Iggy, you get a lot more dataless, You you mm-hmm. wrap up Raoul. Uh, Pino continues to grow and figure things out. You've got Vincent. Kind of coming to terms with what he is, who he is, and his purpose. Riel, uh, there's hints that she's not exactly normal, because she's got that uh, designation. And uh, this speed run of Daedalus having all of these childhood videos. I don't know if you caught yeah. childhood videos so that like he looks to be effectively her same age, or maybe even younger. Daedalus does. But he's got these videos that he talks about as if he experienced them. He's like, Oh, I remember you growing up. I'm glad I have these videos. So a teeny spoiler, but they they planted the seeds. Riel isn't exactly human. And she's also because they also talk about then the, the robot statues saying, like, we shouldn't have put her in the information bureau. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's because she's she's a wild card. She's not one of the vat-grown people who just go do their task. She's Yeah, we, we, get, a, we get a few hints of that. Yeah. So Because there's, like I said, there's a lot more uh, with the show. I'm hoping with the conversation that we've had, maybe we have a slightly more uh, positive experience with it, but it is unfortunate that the show does require some sort of like Sherpa to take you along through it. I will say, to
2: be honest with you, I do plan on finishing. Because, again, like I said, all the pieces are there. It just didn't come to anything for me. Bit by bit. Like, yeah, so I'm like, I'm hoping just, I'm hoping to just, to continue with the analogy, I'm hoping it just needs more time to cook. Because, like, right now, it's like, looking at this on paper, and as I think back on it, I should like this. I just didn't, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, so I'm, I, I plan on finishing, and I'm hoping that I will get to that point, Yeah, because <laughs> one of the main things I had in this was a parallel to me watching the movie Tenet, where for the first fucking hour of that movie, I had no idea what was going on, <laughs> and I had a moment of like, am I too stupid for this movie? Like, I think I'm not smart enough for this movie. I just don't fucking get it. And then in the last 45 minutes, my mind was goddamn blown. Everything came together and I was like, holy shit, this was one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen. So I'm kind of hoping that this is like that.
0: It needs, this show benefits from watching the whole
2: thing. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of picked that up so that I'm going to finish it. Okay. So maybe
0: not quickly. So with that being said, let's start wrapping it up. Uh, Nick, what did you? What would you kind of give this as a score? And your final thoughts?
1: I'm not sure. I'm with Marcus, and like I'm prioritizing finishing this. This is a kind of in the maybe finishing pile. I didn't say prioritizing. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna. It's just I'm not, not a... I'm not promising I'm finishing this. Uh, no. It's going in the maybe I'll finish it pile. In terms of a score, this is probably in like the six and a half range, um, where it's it's good. There's things I like about it, but there are some rough edges with the age that, honestly, there was stuff made in 98 that I thought was better produced, better animated than this was. Hmm. So even some of the age stuff, I think, still not enough to like give it the benefit of the doubt. So overall, yeah, six and a half. I was pretty underwhelmed for the first nine and I, it sounds like you need a lecturer series to go accompany it to really pull everything around it. So I, I did tune share. in next tune in next week for uh, Dan continuing with the next nine episodes of Ergo Proxy lecture. Follow us on Patreon, and you get exclusive content of Dan's full seminar on Ergo Proxy.
0: Uh, Marcus, what did you think? Your 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 overall thoughts and uh, score. I'm a, I'm a little bit in the same boat with Nick. And that I would probably put
2: this at a six, six, five. I'm kind of reminded of your thoughts on Megalobox, where mm. I was like, it should be there, but it wasn't there for me. So that drove the score down. Sure. In a way. So right now I'm at like a six, six, five. Like it's just kind of mid to me. And like the ingredients are there. So I could see why people like this. So I will give it as flowers for that and that it could be good. It's just not good for me yet. That's why I do kind of want to finish, though, to see if it gets to that point of why is this so well-loved? Or, well, the people that love it, why they, why they stand for it so mm-hmm. hard. And why it's like this is... Uh, they stand up for this shit. So I'm hoping that I can get there,
3: too.
0: Yeah, But
2: as of, as of now, in the first nine, six, six, five. I
0: absolutely love it. I think uh, it has its faults, but whatever it, what it does execute on, you know, with the totality of, you know, finishing the show, what it does execute mm-hmm. on is amazing. Uh, I, I thought the, <laughs> while the storytelling was dry and disjointed, the approach that they took was very refreshing for me, uh, and I, I appreciated the experimental nature of it. Refreshing because it was experimental? I don't think we use the word refreshing the same. Refreshing as in, like, new. Like, different. Like, I have not experienced. Okay. This is okay. not an experience I've had before. Like whenever I had Doro, hit Doro for whatever reason, I thought that was the most refreshing, interesting anime I've watched in a long time. They just did things different, uh, and that's what okay. the show really did. But I can absolutely see where it doesn't click. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I understand now. Cool. Well, uh, f- for me, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a nine five. I'm not gonna lie. It's uh, it's 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 false. Drop at the half point from perfection because it's it's not perfect, but it's, uh, it's up there for me. But uh, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, we're a little over an hour in the second part, so we should wrap it up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Marcus and Nick, for checking it out. They didn't watch shit, they're listening. The show, watching the show, our recommendation. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you I'm live streaming this on YouTube. Sorry. Oh,
2: perfect.
0: God, check. Ch- Subscribe to our Patreon. If yeah. You can watch a lot. Yeah, watch me watch a show and
1: chew <laughs> on my name. For
0: 60 bucks
2: a month, you can come to my living room <laughs> and, and watch, and watch every
1: with assignment me. with me.
0: No, you cannot. I'm, I'm... Uh, all right,
2: cool. Yeah. It's
1: going to be way more, way more than 60 bucks. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, thanks, guys. This is the end of the episode, and we'll catch you next time, next Wednesday. See See you next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of the anime backlog podcast. If you want to follow along with Dan, Marcus and Nick and our special guest Kelsey next week for episode 12, the assignment will be to watch the first 12 episodes of monochrome factor. Quick
2: interjection. And I'm sorry that this is so far off of format. Do not watch monochrome factor. That is what we are watching. You do not watch it. It is very problematic and we cannot, in good faith, recommend it to you. However, listen to our episode. We talk about it, so you don't have to watch it.
0: We appreciate you. Now enjoy the rest of Dan's outro. If you enjoyed the show and wish to support us, please leave us a review. Subscribe to the show and spread the word about the show to friends or on social media. We really appreciate any help you can give in helping to grow the podcast. You can follow the show on social media to get updates at the handle... At the Anime Backlog, and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye.